This program is sponsored by Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts. Located on 185 Worcester Street, right on Route 9, they can be reached at 508-545-8105 or at wickedchronicvendorcommons.com. Wicked Chronic is a boutique-style retail shop that focuses on selling counterculture products such as Wiccan cannabis cultures coming together in a unique setting. You need something for that special spell? Go on down to Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts and speak to Beverly. Tell them Dr. Chris sent you. Check them out today. to the final episode of the year for the Dead TV Podcast, our kind of quasi-Christmas episode, uh, and the final episode of Clerks, the animated series, the, fi- the, lo- the, the last episode ever, which is true because they never brought back Clerks, the animated series. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Mr. Seneca. And Merry Christmas and Happy Yuletide cheer and Happy New Year to you, Mr. Seneca. Happy Yuletide, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah to everyone. When and we, all, this, all the holidays in between. When we come back in uh, 2020, it's sometime at the beginning of the year. Something got pushed back, so that's fine. We will begin our coverage of Witchblade with a two-hour episode of the series, not of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a two-hour... I'm two excited hour... this. I've not seen Witchblade before, so this will be a first for me. I think Witchblade still holds up today. Special effects are, you know, what they are for early 2000s television. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, like, writing, pretty good. Cinematography, really good. It was a TBS show. They're not, I mean, that's that's cable. They they, they put some money into that. All right. All not, right. It's, not, it's not syndication, so it does not have a syndicated budget. It has a TBS budget or TNT budget, whatever the two networks. We'll get that information correct soon. But, you know what I mean? TBS, TNT are not known for schlock, so. True, true. And I'll be checking out some of the comics as well. Yeah, because we're going to have somebody from the comic books on the show with us. A few people. Um, we're still, I'm still working out all the details. Somebody had to push some stuff back. So, uh, But, yeah, there will be people on from the comic book. But we're going to finish our episode of Clerks. In Mr. episode has Mr. Zeneca has the episode synopsis for us. Clerks, the last episode ever, never actually aired. The only audience to see it live was at the San Diego Comic-Con, and I believe that was in the year 2000. Last episode ever. 
Dante and Randall work inside the quick shop discussing various things after being told that they need to make the show more similar to the original Clerks. Meanwhile, outside, Dante is supposed to have a date with Caitlin Bree. Jay and Silent Bob go to a fair where havoc ensues. Walt and Steve Dave need stuff. Leonardo Leonardo finds a soccer team on the, his roof, and Dante keeps getting called by a guy who wants to show him, quote, the truth about the Matrix. Eventually, due to a phone call unknowingly made to the president, the army surrounds the quick stop. The president is attacked by hookers and vampires who are enraged to find RST closed, and Dante and Randall finally go outside where the animators put them in various awkward situations until it is revealed that Jay is the one behind it all. So ridiculous as it sounds. Yeah, so this is the actually only episode that took entirely took place entirely in the quick stop. Now, that actually is a pretty strong point. They go everywhere in the other five episodes, but if they ever do another one of these, like, Clerks animated series, and there's a Clerks TV pilot, and we barely kind of talk about it. It's good, it's bad, it's hit or miss. You can find it on YouTube and watch it. It's for free. I don't know if it's... I'm pretty sure it's bootleg. I don't know, maybe Kevin put it up there. It's not on his channel, so... But it's unaired. I don't even know if that's considered to be, like, piracy violation stuff, you know what I mean? Because it never aired. I mean... And also, it's owned by a couple of jackasses like the Weinstein, so who gives a flying flick Newton about them? <laughs> um, it stars, by the way, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalkers, Carrie Russell. Hmm. Yeah, she plays uh, an old flame, a Poe Damero, who, uh, Dameron, who, uh, <laughs> she wants him dead. <laughs> <laughs> you were a spice, uh, you were a spice, you were a spice smuggler, you were a stormtrooper, you were a spice smuggler, you were a scavenger. Are we gonna do this all night, guys? If you haven't seen or have seen The Rise of Skywalker, and of course it's very relevant to Kevin Smith, obviously, but I think at long last, Oscar Isaac's Poe Dameron got the best lines out of the three films. Oh, now I'd actually see it for that. Yeah, I, he, he really, they really gave Poe a lot to do, which was fantastic, because in The Last Jedi, he had some good stuff, but not really. Not as good as what he had in um, The Rise of Sky, the, the, the The Force Awakens, so... But I think this one is his best stuff. He he's 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 a lot of fun in it. So, anyway, the clerks go to a comic book convention, and I, Fanata Comic Con Fest Con, a sad sad gathering of guys who've never seen a naked girl. Special guest: the clerks from Clerks and a naked girl. Parentheses: naked girl not guaranteed to show. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, in defense of Kevin Smith, that still holds up pretty true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I meet people at Comic Con that I have to ask that question to be like, "Have you ever been laid?" Yeah. I, and, I, and it's not to be derogatory because I'm not singling out a man or a woman. I'm not singling out no, their sexuality. No, no, no. I'm singling out people who are clearly so far freaking lost in the world that that we do live in. We podcast. I work in. I'm going to be working for um. A comic book company coming up in January. I'm going to be a sales rep for a independent comic book company, and with hopes of going to a con for them and setting up a booth with some of their talent. I'm really excited about that because I'm also getting paid to do it. So yes, I live in this world too. But I had a date a couple weeks ago, and I we got the third base. So yeah. <laughs> congratulations. Oh, a few months ago, excuse me. Uh, I've been a little busy the last couple of months. But, yeah, I mean, you meet some people. You can attest to this as well, Mr. Zeneca, that you have to ask the question, have you ever been with a, another human being in bed? 
I, I agree. There, there is a very high percentage of unknowledgeable people in of these sexual realms at Comic Con. But then I also have to say that whatever happens at Comic Con stays at Comic Con. So it gets a little wild at Comic Con. Okay, what's After the craziest hours. thing that ever happened to you at Comic Con? That is, uh, you don't mind sharing, and you can change the names to perfect the oh innocent. God. Oh, God, it could be how you met your partner you're getting married to, for all I mean. No, no. Okay, no. Uh, craziest. Um, uh, I found myself in a poker game with Mark Texiera, an illustrator for Ghost Rider at the time. Oh. And a few other people, and it ended up being, uh, yeah, a very good time. I can't relay any details after that. <laughs> Wait, did you have sex with the artist of Ghost Rider? No, I did not. Okay, I thank God. I mean, he's a nice guy. He's just not somebody I want to see naked. <laughs> he drew me. He did portraiture of me later. You know, it's, it was nice. He did? God, I gotta bring this up to him. Be like, yo, do you know who you drew naked? <laughs> I wasn't naked. I was in a corset. Whatever. Do you know who you drew partially naked? Yes. He comes to New England cons quite often. I definitely have to bring this up to him <laughs> and be like, here, listen to this podcast. Hey, oh I know that voice. <laughs> yeah, do you remember this part? And then we play this part of the interview. <laughs> Craziest thing at a con for me has been in a very long time because I've not really gone to cons with the intention of like trying to hook up or something. Unless I'm staying at the con, that's different. But that last, the last time I did that was for like a region. I haven't gone to a region in a while. I'm not going to begin the whole thing about a region. I may have already done that on this podcast. But I got together with somebody, um, not really hooked up, but we like totally made out. We went to a party. We we got drunk. We totally made out. We like went back to her hotel room and we like did some stuff. It was kind of cool. We still have the contact and we're still friends. Very very cool. Yeah, one guy. It kind of got away. You know, just live things happen, stuff like that. But we we totally like. You know, like, we're very busy or whatever, but, like, always somebody I can, like, ask to meet me for for lunch or something like that, and we'll we'll chat about the good old days. So, Comic-Cons, uh, uh, in, the, in this episode... Oh, first of all, by the way, I'm going to point out, if anybody from Clerks ever does a panel, that room is going to fill up. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, but... I mean, do you know what Kevin show... Smith is doing right now, by the way? What? He's doing the you know how they do Walking Dead after and like uh, Game of Thrones after you know what I mean the like oh, the, yeah, talk, the the talk the talkback right guess what Kevin Smith is hosting right now yes the Crisis on Infinite Earths after talk oh, <laughs> yeah okay. I'm a couple episodes behind on it but the next episode of the uh, of the after talk I'm behind on but I watched all the Crisis and our our uh, well he's not really a friend of the show but you've met him Matt Ryan of course is a big part of the crossover. Um, in fact, he actually goes to Earth, Los Angeles, to get a favor from Lucifer, as in Fox TV and now Netflix's Lucifer, to help reinsult Oliver Queen. Nice. Yes. Oliver Queen, however, does not want to be reinsold. He decides to take up Jim Corrigan's old job as the Spectre, something else we've covered on this podcast. So at the end of part three, Oliver Queen, by the end of part three, Oliver Queen is now the new Spectre. Gay questions at this panel. <laughs> Movie t-shirt guy, kind of funny, but still a lot of gay questions. A lot of gay bashing in this episode, guys, unfortunately. Um, the Ellen yeah. Gay show joke, you know. Yeah, th there was a lot of different uh, uh, 
kind of problematic portions of this one, especially there at the end uh, when they're it, it's the very end and they're going from scene to scene and and it's very Daffy Duck like. <laughs> it, it is. It is. It's well, like, gee, uh, any wonder why it's Daffy Duck like? Well, it, it's like a Duck Amuck by Chuck Jones, uh, the cartoons where Daffy what? gets changed by the artist. Considered to be possibly the greatest. Looney Tune episode ever voted multiple times by multiple critics and fans. I've heard that is considered to be the number one Looney Tune cartoon ever. Duck amuck. <laughs> and I kind of well, believe it, it if you've seen it. <laughs> it deserves it, yeah. Um, so right after that, there's the Caddy Shack three. Caddy's into hood. The shack is back. Dot dot dot. And black. Dante and Randall scream and run away. And I thought, hmm. No. That did not hold up. No. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. Your it's black... Not, ho- different did, parts of this episode did not hold up. The movie guy... Uh, movie, by the way, is McDonald's in Kevin Smith's world. Um, movie shows up in two... Uh, well, I guess three movies in b- very large ways. Well, first of all, they go to work at movies in Clerks 3. Clerks 2. Clerks yeah. 2, excuse me. Uh, Clerks. Movies is where Jay meets his future love interest, Justice, who is the mother of his child, played by Harley Quinn Smith in Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Not a, not a spoiler, that is in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, where does it? Oh, 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 yeah. Bartleby and Loki, the angels, execute the entire uh, executive board of movies, exception of one woman. Because of the whole golden calf worship. Right. And man, the sick shit those people did or whatever, like had sex with a 12-year-old hooker. Uh, And then, of course, the the head of the board or whatever, he's your own son. You disgust me. I was like, oh, no. God, Kevin. Of course, after what we know about Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Throughout this episode, we also have this running joke of The Matrix. You know, Dante gets woken up, and then in, Hello, from you. underneath this pile of clothes, there is the, uh, you know, he's in a Matrix battery pod. And then all throughout this episode, he, he keeps getting calls asking about for Neo and then getting this Matrix side story. We never go into it. That's just the continuing running joke. What, um, what was the first time you ever saw The Matrix? I saw it on theaters, probably close to opening weekend. Yeah. Did you have any idea what you were going into when you saw The Matrix before you saw it? Did you go in that movie blind like a lot of people did? Uh, no. Uh, I actually really liked the aesthetic. Uh, I was super into that at the time, and I thought it was if it was that for the entire movie, I would have been happy, and it was. So. It was definitely one of those movies, I think I saw the poster... It came out, I believe, yeah, like it came out like a month and a half before The Phantom Menace, right? It was an April release. Oh, I don't remember. I'd have to look that one up. Yeah. Um, but I only remember seeing the poster, and the poster didn't have the cast on it. It had the baby in the pod. Baby in the pod? Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, or it's Neo. The upside. Trailer. Yeah. The, the teaser poster. The teaser poster. It wasn't the cast poster yet. So I didn't really understand what the hell I was getting into when I was watching the movie. And then I had to go back and watch it a second time, like a week later. Because I was like, what the hell did I just watch? Nobody had seen that before. Nobody had seen anything like The Matrix when The Matrix came out. Yeah, bullet time was revolutionary. They brought that to the screen. It was beautiful. But but it's not just that. And yeah, we've had our THX 1138, and we've had our Logan's Run, and we've had The Prisoner. But nobody 
ever did anything like the Wachowski uh, siblings. At the time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah siblings, um, had ever done like that before with like that whole, we're not actually real, we're batteries in a machine, the world has been devastated, fields of, you know, that whole thing, man, did that blow people away. And And to think that the original concept was to have human brains be more hard drive space, which is more logical for how systems work rather than batteries, but the technology acumen of the common man couldn't conceptualize that, so they had to dumb it down to say that humans were being batteries. And what actor was originally cast to be in The Matrix? Who? Will Smith. Really? Think about that cast and who was the only, like, really one or two white people in that movie. Okay. That was supposed to be a very black, heavy cast. And, uh, huh. like, Jada Pickett Smith was actually going to be in it, and then she doesn't show up till the sequel. But, uh, and then and who cares about the Great sequel? Trinity. Yeah. Trin- Trinity was supposed to be played by a black actress. I think Agent Smith, someone told me, was supposed to be, a, like, his, a, like, Chinese, like, Asian or something like that. Um, I remember someone said Jet Li was in consideration to play, uh, somebody in that movie. Uh, which is like, yeah, wow, a lot of all the martial art people, they didn't have Jet Li in that movie. But hey, no, Hugo Weaving is amazing. I mean, God, it's how a lot of us were introduced to him. But uh, Will Smith turned it down to be a little movie called Wild Wild West. Probably a mistake for his career, but... Yeah, I mean, he bounced back pretty well from that, so... Uh... Wild Wild West is one of my, you know, guilty pleasure oh, movies. Oh, God. I like it. Uh... So, I also, I Caitlin Bree gets talked about a lot in this episode. Caitlin Bree, the actress who played her, I'm going to bring it up right now, um, she passed away, I believe, last year. Oh. Yeah, Caitlin Bree's uh, most famous thing in that movie, uh, Lisa Spoon Spoonauer. Yeah, she died uh, 2017. Oh. She was 44 years old. She wow. only did Clerks. I mean, she's like one other thing, but she did Clerks, and that's it. Hmm. And then she's in... Oh, she's got a credit as saying being thanked whatever for the clerk, but yeah... Born and raised in Jersey, but she was 44. I believe she had um, she was had, she had cancer. Oh, and okay. she had a lung disease, immunity, uh, immune deficiency. Oh yeah. Yeah. That I, that is unfortunate. Yeah, but yeah, the original, the uh, the one and only Caitlin Bree. That's why she's not in Jane Silent Reboot. I don't know if they have a like an honor or anything for her. I didn't see one for like George Carlin either. I don't remember seeing one for Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, he does do a. Uh, he has a uh, thing in there with Stan Lee. Who's by the way playing Morpheus in this episode? Uh, Morpheus. Yeah, who's the voice of Morpheus that keeps calling? Oh, the uh, Lawrence Fishburne-like character. Uh, I didn't pull up his name. Oh, okay. Look that up real quick. Um, Walter and Steve Dave show up, which are running characters in all of the Kevin Smith movies, and in fact, they're the host of Comic Book Men, the TV series that was on AMC. Which ran for 99 episodes. Longest running Kevin Smith television show ever. I mean, that's ran for five seasons. <laughs> I mean, Kevin's only in it, like, for the bumpers, and then, like, a middle segment popping in or whatever, talking to the guys about what was going on in the comic book store in the episode. Uh, there's a few people credited as voices. But they're going to do body paint and gay robbers. I don't know what gay robbers are, but that definitely made uh, Steve Dave be like, um, what are we doing? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure which one of these voices is actually the voice of the Lawrence Fishburne uh, character. Okay. Did you ever? Oh. Have you ever gone to or ever done a kissing booth? 
Oh no, never. I think that's disgusting. I think no, that's like, I, an, and it's not bad. I'm a prude. I just think it's like you're kissing up a lot of people that you don't know where the hell they've been. Yeah, uh, fluid transfer. That's you know, there's steps and protocol, man. You know, I I can't be macking on everyone. Yeah. Also, you know, when you go to cons, you see people with like free hugs, free hugs, and I'm like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> Seriously? Right, yeah. no. I mean, free hugs is also rates right up there with like just too much personal body contact with people I don't know, and you've just hugged a thousand people I don't know. That's true. Yeah, and you're still wearing the same shirt. <laughs> Soccer team. Uh, wait, I jumped ahead too far. Oh, Mr. Leonardo shows up because he has a wiretap in the store, and he decides to uh, make a bet with the clerks that they can't beat the Brazilian soccer team a million dollars, and they break the ball through the uh, the window. Of course, the Brazilian talk- soccer team like ate two of their players. It, it's um, it's it's the story alive. Yeah, yeah, and and it's also mashing up that story plus a callback to Clerks the movie where they played hockey on the roof. And, you know, so they're playing uh, soccer inside. James and Bob keep popping in and out of the episode. Jay's voice sounds really weird. I don't know. What could I say? That is Kevin Smith's voice. Uh, I said Jay's voice sounds really weird. Kevin Smith doesn't talk because he's Silent Bob. (laughs) Oh, that's true. I I always wanted to figure out why he was called... I always wanted to figure out why he was called Silent Bob. Slap of the forehead. He does talk occasionally. Yeah, once in a while. He has a huge monologue about racism in... um, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Uh, and, of course, he's the one who comes up with the story about chasing Amy and chasing Amy. Yep. Chasing Amy. What? Chasing Amy. So there was just, like, this girl, and it's basically Kevin Smith's story about how him and uh, the actress who played Elisa used to actually date. They used to date uh, when he, he was making Clerks or Small Rats, I believe. She was the oh. one who got away until he met his wife. Yeah. Yeah. I dive uh touching story. Yeah. I have a lot of really shitty touching stories this year for uh dating wise. Jesus Christ. Oh, it has been man. a goddamn roll. It's like there was like one person this year who mm-hmm. I I don't know I don't want to say I was falling in love with her, but if we were still dating right now, that that would have been great because she was like other than like some screwed up marriage stuff and some like mental health stuff or whatever that she was going to therapy for, what what wasn't like seriously bad it was just like stuff that she needed to work out because of a shitty marriage this person i dated was was fantastic and i really enjoyed my time when we were dating for like two or three months so it's just it sucked it didn't work out she just there is no idea when you're going to meet the person that you're going to spend years of your life with you know you could meet that person anywhere at any time at any age so don't ever give up how, I mean, how when you got divorced, how long did it take you to meet Jason? But you've also had also you okay. But also I, keep I in knew mind him before I got divorced. Uh, okay, then never mind. Uh, but you also have a very high, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, you have a very big circle of uh, friends that mm-hmm. could in and in, in the kink community that you that you would be easily able to find somebody. Not maybe with the friends, but like the connections are there to not be alone as well and possibly find your significant other sometime. I, I agree, but it's also different for me being a, a fairly attractive, always a line of suitors out the door even before you're unavailable, even before you're available. Mm-hmm. So I've never really had the, the, the possibility in my life to be single. What does... Um Banky calls suitors in Mallrats. 
when he's referred to as a suitor by the girl behind the curtain. Oh, I don't remember that Yeah, one. he gets pissed about it. He's like, excuse me, could you call me, like, whatever, not suitor number one? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's just, and then, of course, he, he questions, like, uh, what's, What's making whoopee? Like like being intimate? You mean like fucking? <gasps> Randall calls Air Force One and tells Bill Clinton these texts. Yeah, so so Randall calls Air Force One on accident and then frightens the president, Clinton, uh, because he's on the toilet. That uh, So the Army sends crew to track down the telephone and then attack the quick stop. Holy shit. Speaking of a president who's been impeached. Ah, <laughs> Mary impeachment. Yeah, well, it's not it's not exactly the, the the it's not the fall of the house of cards like we think it's going to be right now, no, so. It's not, but at least he cannot be pardoned. <sighs> Caitlin's going to get married right away, which is kind of ridiculous. Go back to one more vote. Oh, yeah, so should we have an electoral college go back to one vote? Wow, does this freaking debate come up every five minutes, especially after what happened in 2016? <laughs> okay. Because are let's we, face are it. Are going to discuss this? Uh, well, I mean, we don't need to – okay, let's explain. What is the Electoral College? The Electoral College are the people that actually cast the votes for the elected officials. Right, and what is one vote for one person? One vote for one person means that uh, state votes would basically be counted as – Per individuals and the number of individuals would win those uh, those votes, and those votes would count so that there's not a set number of votes, which is calculated from the number of House of Representatives and Senate representatives, to be the amount of votes your state has. Uh, so uh, okay. it would. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So in 2000 and 2000 and 2016. Who are the two people who should have then become president of the United States if we had one vote, one person? Well, Hillary Clinton and uh, Al Gore. Correct. Because they won the popular vote. Yes. All right. So we're we're just that's all political we're gonna get for now. I mean, I'm I'm uh, the soccer team eats each other, and then he's like, "What's going on outside?" They go outside, white light, and then it's uh, what is I my mind would say this was the Matrix. My mind would say this is tur- beefy jerky, and then he asked for Asian porn stars, and the Asian porn stars would not show up, and instead they were transported to a nightclub. What type of nightclub? It looks like a gay leather bar. Not knowing anything about that and not wanting to know anything about that. As I was, ex- by the way, I was exposed to a gay nightclub leather bar at the tender age of 11 years old. And not because I was forced to go to one, so before anyone gets this in their head, what movie do you think I probably watched when I was 11 years old because of boobs that has a gay nightclub bar scene in it? Uh, what was it, Dragnet? Uh, no, that doesn't have a gay porn, doesn't have a gay night, no, uh, Police Academy. Oh, yeah, Police Academy. Yep. They, yeah, the two guys who were hassling Mahoney and his friends or whatever, the two guys who were buttering up to uh, to the, not the Commandant. The Commandant's a nice guy. The Commandant's the one who gets the blowjob by the hooker. The, um, you, know who I'm, you know who I'm talking about, the bad guy, the bad police officer. I can see his face, but I don't remember his name. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, they 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 get tricked in going to a gay um, a gay bar, and then at the end of the movie, they get like while they're trying to run away from the mob, they run into the same gay club again, and they play a song one? which I had never heard before, and I was I thought it was hilarious. But um, but just because we're on the subject of Asian porn stars, in 2019, the top ten Asian porn stars happen to be 
Go ahead. I'm trying to bring it up and making sure the site is actually... Whoa! Okay, this site definitely has some material on it. All right. So, okay. Oh, okay, good, 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 good. These are... The, 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 it's, it's, it's pretty much covered. Okay. Uh, we have Saya Song, Ember Snow, Brenna Sparks, Sharon Lee, Ayumi Anime, Kendra Spade, Ayumi Kasi, uh, Jade Kush, Asia, uh, Asia Akira, Katsuni, London Keys, Cindy Starfell, Jaden Lee, Annie Cruz, Mickey Tan, Kaylani Lee, uh, Miko Sins, Harriet Sugar Cookie, uh, Marsha Hayes, and Kiana Dior. Excellent. Yes. So I don't know anything about any of those women other than Asia Akira. Asia Akira. That's the only one I've recognized. Not that I've watched her material. I'm just, you know, saying. <laughs> <laughs> In this episode, we have a lot of uh, guest uh, character actors on this. Uh, we have two Kids in the Hall actors. And they are playing the pinheads in this episode. Interesting. Yeah, the pinheads, as you well you know from the movie Freaks, and they say the one of us, one of us, in as one of the bits that uh, Jay and Silent Bob kind of go with them on. But uh, Mark McKinney and Kevin McDonald, they're the two kids in the hall that are playing those characters, and Kevin McDonald was also the voice of the kid in the very beginning in the Batman. Uh, costume at the Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And this is funny. Um, Kevin Smith says on the commentary that when they showed this episode at Comic-Con, of course, everyone went wild with it, but just before they played it, they had gotten a question from the audience similar to that kid's question, which made it even funnier for everyone present. And then, of course, the episode obviously, again, is attributed to one of the famous Unitune cartoons of all time, where I have a clip from. Love that episode. I have it on uh, Blu-ray and HD. Yeah, and this is this is a direct parody of that because at the very end of the episode, you know, Jay actually says that single line. Right, right, right. Um that uh that draw that that like pull away from the drawing board thing has been used like multiple times. Uh, like Tiny Toon Adventures has done it, done it. Um Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has done it or whatever and mm-hmm. uh it, it's always a funny little I think uh, SpongeBob SquarePants Chris has done it as well, which I cannot believe there's another SpongeBob SquarePants movie coming out in theaters. Yeah. Like, wow. Anyway, um, and then, of course, um, the they, um, what was the other thing they get? Oh, jo- Gay Boat Josie and the Pussycats, and then they end up on a, a three-hour version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yeah, so they, they were pretty much all over the map with this because of the uh, duck muck parody. Right, right, but that's a great little parody. And that's mm-hmm. it for Clerks the Animated Series. Um, oh, there was a Clerks comic book. Um, I think you can still find it. It's not like it's hard to find. I am now hearing rumors that early DVDs, Blu-rays of Kevin Smith's films are becoming very hard to find because they're not making them anymore because of Harvey Weinstein. (laughs) 
which really? is a shame to the actors, the shame to Kevin Smith, who is an independent act. I mean, yeah, Kevin, Kevin Smith is Hollywood, but Kevin Smith is also still very independent. You know what I mean? He's not yeah. making Star Wars. He doesn't want to make Star Wars. He, he, he constantly says, I would fuck it up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he directs episodes of Arrow. He in Supergirl. Hell, he married Supergirl and her husband. Um but he's still independent. I mean, Jane Silent Bob Reboot was an independent movie. And it's mm-hmm. made back its budget by three times the amount that cost to make it. So kudos to him. But he's still a very independent guy. So when residuals like that aren't coming to him or going to, like, the charities, like he, he has, you know, said he's going to donate any money from the Harvey Weinstein movies to, it's kind of a shame. But, yeah, someone told me they're not producing those DVDs and Blu-rays anymore. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. But... Um, but the comic books I know you can still find. Anyway, there was three Clerks comic books. And one of them was a Christmas special. And the um, there's a door in between the Quick Stop and RST video that leads apparently to, like, Santa's Village. And then, if you remember, in the Clerks movie, Caitlin Bree had sex with a dead Jewish guy mm-hmm. and was institutional, institution, institutionalized um, forever. Because, of course, it's a very traumatic event. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't even know if you can get away with that in a movie today, but uh, I, I watched that scene the other, you know, a few weeks ago before we started doing that, and I was like, oh my god. Um, so he goes to the institute to uh, like check up on her and does something pretty inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's Kevin Smith comic books out there. Excuse me, based on his own little universe. Um, Jay and Sam Bob have one, and so does Bluntman and Chronic. So the entirety of the Christmas comic book was that they were going to Santa's Village through this mysterious door portal? They could if they wanted to. There's like a third story in there. I don't remember what, exactly what it is, but uh, I, I I remember that the um, one of the segments of the Christmas comic book was uh, drawn in the animated style of the cartoon, and I believe it was the Kate Libree section. So Okay. Yeah. Also, if um little piece... I don't know. Did we talk about this uh, the first episode? We had Michael Ravenshadow on that on the Clerks box set the, for the movie, like Clerk X, which is the tenth anniversary edition. There is an animated feature of when they go to um, what's her name's uh, funeral from Mallrats, who the girl who did the uh, the laughs in the pool and the brain aneurysm happened. Oh, the lost scene. Yes, and uh, yeah, and Elisa Jones, uh, finger cuffs, the lesbian shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and you can also find that clip on YouTube. I saw it there. Right, right. And so this is the reason why, like, everybody, including Scott Moser and Drag, um, because he's the woman who's seen jumping up and down, the hurling her fist at the car as they're driving away, they go to the funeral, and then it says 10 minutes later, and they're running out of the funeral hall, driving away, and everyone's screaming and hollering at them because of uh, what ends up happening is Dante tosses the keys to Randall, he misses, and they end up somehow falling down the miniskirt of the deceased. Why the hell the the father dressed her in a tube top and a miniskirt in the coffin is beyond me. But he ends up having Dante has to have having to dig his keys out of his dead girlfriend ex girlfriend's uh, undergarments, and the father walks in on it. And then the the coffin collapses. She and falls, body out. falls out. Yeah, yeah very similar to uh, if you remember in Pet Cemetery. The the father gets into a fight with the step with the with the grandfather and the her, his son's uh, coffin uh, tips over and the head his decapitated son's head rolls out. Yeah. 
Yeah. That scene is played for a lot more like, oh my god, versus the scene in Clerks is like, ha ha ha! <laughs> <laughs> well, if they had continued to go on with the show, um, Kevin Smith mentioned that Ben Affleck would have been the king of Canada uh, on an episode in the future, but of course that never f- came to fruition. They had a lot of ideas that they could have put into bits, but... For me personally, I think the show was a little bit too disjointed, as if we don't know the characters well enough to go off on a spin with them and run along with these continuing jokes. So, I don't know. I, I think I would have preferred it had they expanded more of those episodes, like the like the one with the Bad News Bears and Indiana Jones crossover. Right, 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 right. Um I mean, I I would love to have seen this go for more than just the six episodes. I don't know how long it could have lasted, but my personally, but uh, definitely more than six episodes. I would have loved to have seen. I would love to see a a TV series set in Kevin Smith's world, which they tried to do. By the way, there was as I mentioned before, there's a Clerks pilot you can watch on YouTube. But Netflix was supposed to do a Mallrats TV series, but Universal didn't want to penny up the money to do a Mallrats TV series, and it was going to be about the kids. Of the uh, main characters coming back. Hmm. Weird. Um, well, we're going to take a break for a week or two. Then we're going to come back with the first episode of Witchblade. We may or may not have a guest or whatever. I'm still trying to make sure we lock down the exact date this guest is coming on. But it's somebody that's had a huge contribution to Witchblade. He is more than happy to come on and talk about it. Friend I've made, Matt Hawkins, who has been with Top Cow Comic Books and Image Comics for 28 years, by the way. He is also the writer of Swing, a comic book Mr. Zeneca would get into, um, <laughs> and uh, as well as a lot of other books. He's also worked on Witchblade, and he also worked on the Witchblade anime show, which is much more titillating than the TV series we're about to talk about. <laughs> So, uh, but we'll get into all the differences between the TV series and the comic books when we get there. Uh, thank you for tuning in this year to the Dead TV Podcast. We are rounding out thank our you, everyone. third year. Yeah, third year, fourth year, third year. Because we started December third year. third year. We started no- late November nineteen. God damn it! We started November of two thousand sixteen. Yes, and and this is our third year, and we have enjoyed doing this for everyone, and. You know, we appreciate your comments and ratings oh, right. and emails. Yeah, speaking of that, so there's a new comment, there's a couple new comments, one of which um, I don't have in front of me, but they congratulate us for getting John, Lee De- John D. LeMay on the show for the Friday the 13th uh, Season 3 episode. So thank you for commenting on that. Uh, there's been uh, several people who enjoyed that. And there was another comment on another post about, oh, it was about Constantine, because they were looking for a podcast covering Crisis on Infinite Earths. And there's a few out there, but I think we're the only podcast to ever cover every episode of the Constantine television show. And by the way, any jackass out there who loves correcting things like this, in the episode of Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 3, which I think is the Flash episode, they go to Los Angeles, uh, Earth Los Angeles and meet Lucifer from Fox and Netflix's Lucifer show. And uh, Lucifer even tells, says to John, uh, Constantine. He makes fun of that, like, incorrection of his name that people constantly say. They constantly say Constantine. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's Constantine. Yeah. 
that's weird to bring up. Well, because it's a constant thing that the show people have probably heard, including Matt, or yeah. you know, is there anyone else who's worked on Constantine, that people say Constantine, and I've heard tons of podcasts say that too, and I'm always really? like, it's not Constantine. And they say, well, that's actually the real way it's supposed to be pronounced or whatever. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I mean, every other freaking show has said Constantine. Yeah, it, it's Constantine. Yes. Anyway, uh, but that was a fun little thing to have Lucifer show up and owe John a favor. So that was really funny. And he's like, the entire time as he's talking to John, he is uh, smiling up and down at Sarah Lance and like, I fucking Oliver Queen's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you are yummy and delicious, and I'm the devil. And <laughs> and if you've ever seen Lucifer, this is exactly how he he is towards women because he's the goddamn devil. I mean, <laughs> but he's he is the devil. But he's charming, and women do sleep with him. I mean, he always Who makes a point. He always makes a point. I never force myself on a woman. I always just seduce them. <laughs> yeah, as he did to. In the Garden of Eden, which he totally admits to, to doing. <laughs> Power is attractive. Yeah. So anyway, I love how he says, "And what do we do? What is it you desire?" You know. And um, Oliver's daughter Mia says, "I want my dad back." He's like, "Oh, daddy issues. I can get behind that." <laughs> <laughs> because hello, who's his father? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anyway, good little cameo tied into that comment about thank you for covering. It, all it said was thank you for covering the Constantine uh, TV series. So. Again, thanks, everybody, for checking out the final episode of the year of the Dead TV Podcast. We'll be back next year with a brand-new series. So I thought this was great that we're kicking off the, the, the new year with a brand-new show, a show I have been dying to coverage, cover. And Mr. Zeneca has we, never... We pushed it off as far as we can, and now we must do it. Yes, and Mr. Zeneca has never seen it before, which played the series. Thank you, everybody, and have a happy holiday. <laughs>